on the bold experience in the coming weeks. But again, journeykc.com forward slash bold is going to have every piece of detail I think you can even imagine. So that's going to be a good time. But tonight, I am not speaking again. Last week, Andrew Sharp preached. Uh, if you guys think he did a great job, let's give him a round of applause. We didn't get to do that last week. I don't know where he's at. He's here somewhere. But I'll tell you, I have a lot of respect for that man. He had an amazing word. And somebody that I probably have even more respect and love for by far is my beautiful wife, Caitlin Phillips. And she's going to be speaking tonight. So let's give her a round of applause as she comes up here. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Yeah, I got out of the friend zone. We're We're still pulling that one. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the baby that did it. Maybe that pulled me out of the friend zone. Um, well, let me get this ready. I'm not prepared. Um, so as you guys know, uh, or the people who know me know, uh, I'm a talker, and I only have a certain amount of time here, so I don't have a lot of time for uh, fun and game stuff. But it's later, okay? I promise it's later. There's fun and game stuff later. But I got I to gotta get on this, okay? So... 100 Day Dare, right? That's what, we're, that's what we're doing. It's not on there yet. But yeah, there it is. 100 Day Dare. Who's been reading the Bible at least sometimes? I, I usually skip Sundays because I forget because I'm out of the house all day on Sunday. But that's okay. I just read it on Monday. Um, so if you are keeping up with the reading plan for the 100 Day Dare, we just crossed the halfway mark. So give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Job. We're in the New Testament now, right? So the New Testament is pretty focused on one dude, right? Who's that dude? Jesus. It was pretty focused on Jesus. Um, I don't know. Jesus is kind of important. Um, if you call yourself a Christian, he's, he's pretty important considering the word Christian means someone who is like Jesus Christ or someone who follows Jesus Christ. Um, and he teaches us a lot of things that in order to follow him, we do these things. Um, but what if I had told you that Jesus said that all, all of the commandments he ever gave were equally important? Do you think that's going to be true or false? Anybody? True? They're all equally important? Anybody? Anybody else? I heard one false. False is the right answer. Uh, Jesus said that there is a greatest commandment. One of them is more important than all the others. And we'll get into why in a second, but I'm going to put it up on the screen for you to read. It's Matthew 22, verses 34 and 40. It's also in Mark 12 and Luke 10, which shows you how important this conversation was. Uh, but the Pharisees, who were kind of the religious leaders, had heard that Jesus spoke so well to the Sadducees, which is another group of religious leaders, that they were silenced, like they had nothing else they could respond with. So one of them, who was a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, trying to trap him, tempt him, and say, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you'll love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hangs all of the laws and all of the prophets. So he says why this is the most important. Because without first loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and loving others, we can't do the rest. They all depend on that. 
Um, and here Jesus is actually quoting the Old Testament. This is why I've actually had some questions on, why do we even read the whole Old Testament? Jesus isn't there, which he is actually, but I'm not going to talk about that today. Jesus isn't there, why do we even read it? Well, this is why Jesus teaches from the Old Testament. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5. This is like the first part given the law right after the Ten Commandments, but that's just a fun fact for you. Um, so Jesus tells us to love God with three parts of ourselves, okay? He mentions the heart, the soul, and mind. Um, in the other two books, it also mentions strength, but that's kind of, in the original language, it's more like an emphasizer to say, do it with these three parts all that you can, okay? So I'm not going to focus too much on that. But we learn to love God with our heart, first of all. Um, in kind of the biblical Hebrew-Jewish understanding, the heart is pretty similar to how we understand. It's where you feel things, but it's also like where you like think your thoughts. It's where you have your inner dialogue. That's where like who you are as a person is like in your heart. Um, Jesus also talks, love the Lord your God with all of your soul. Um, we kind of think of soul as like in the Pixar movie soul of like the piece of you that lives on after you die. You know, like the kind of part of you that exists forever. But that's not really quite the biblical definition. By the, by, according to the Bible, which is what the Bible authors would have understood, is that you don't have a soul. You, you are a soul. Like that's your whole existence. Um, the word soul there is more just like your entire being and existence with all of its limitations and all of its capabilities. And it's really cool. But here's what I want to focus on is the mind. Um, the Greek word used here is dianoia. I like looking at the languages. I'm a language nerd. Um, but it means not, not your brain. We're not talking your brain. We're talking uh, like the way you think, the way you understand things, like kind of reasoning and logic. And I'll be honest, this is a hard one. How, how do we love God with our minds? Right? Like, I can get heart. Like, you know, even in worship just now, like, you know, you feel it and it pours out and it's good. And I get with my soul, you know, everything I do, everything I am, that I love God with that. But how in the world do you love God with the way that you understand things, the way that you reason, with logic? Because we kind of think of logic and love as a bit at odds with each other. Um, but to get us ready to talk about minds and to wake up our brains, I'm going to get some slides going up on the screen. So get your phones out. We've done this before at the Christmas party. Uh, the AHA slides. Yes, it worked. I was worried that it wouldn't. Um, it should be ahaslides.com slash elevate one. I'm going to give us a minute to get logged in. Um, and so I'm just going to give you a preview. We're going to have, I think, five questions in kind of the first part. It's going to be like trivia, Bible, Bible trivia, and also some logic questions because I do this stuff for fun, I'll be honest. It's, it's not cool, but I enjoy it. Um, I don't see anybody up there yet. Is anybody logged in yet? No? Oh, it's loading. It's okay. I won't start it then. Um, does anybody else, do you remember those logic puzzles they would give you as like busy work when there was a sub and it's like, like oh, what, what, how, what, how, they'd be like, Josie has one horse and Matt has a yellow horse and a red horse and you have to like check out all the boxes to see who has what. Who, who hated those? Who thought those were stupid? I don't like you guys as much as everybody else. I thought they were cool. I thought they were awesome. Okay, we have a couple people. We're coming in. Thank you, guys. Nice. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and start it. You still have time to pop in, though. 
I'm going to start it in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you can still come in. You can, you can still come in. Okay, question number one. This one's going to be, I think it's a Bible trivia question. What is the longest book, specifically by the number of words, in the Bible? This is a tricky one. I didn't know this. I, I looked it up. You can, you, you can raise your hand. Yeah. What do you think it is? Psalms. That's a good guess. That's one of the options. Options are Genesis, Jeremiah, Revelation, or Psalms. I don't know, I don't know if it's showing it up there, and I don't know why. Um, that's weird. I don't know. Oh, there we go. Yeah, go for it. It's not doing it? Weird. Yeah, refresh it. Let's see if that does anything. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, maybe we can do this virtually. Um... Only four people got it right. Oh my gosh. Only four people said it was Jeremiah. Jeremiah actually has, oh, I had it up early. I think 33,002 words. Yes, 33,002 words. Okay. Um, We're just going to roll with this. Um, The next question, since we're not being able to work this out, uh, you can also just yell it out if you think you know the answer. Okay, there are two ducks in front of a duck, two ducks behind a duck, and a duck in the middle. How many ducks are there? You can yell it out if you think you know the answer and you don't have your phone. Five ducks. I see a three. Any other answers? Hmm? I like the deliberation that's going on. All right. You guys, you guys need to answer faster on here. Okay. Okay. It was three. It was three. Because you can count the same duck more than one time. Okay, we're moving on to the next question. The next one's Bible trivia. This should be easy one. Easy, this is easy mode. Where was Jesus born? Easy mode easy mode. I'm not going to give you guys any more time on this. If you don't know it, then we need, you, we need to talk about stuff. Or maybe you just haven't been to church before. That's okay. But I think most of you, that's okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Okay, question number four. If five cats can catch five mice in five minutes, How long will it take one cat to catch one mouse? Okay, so it takes five cats, five minutes to catch five mice. How long does it take one cat to catch one mouse? This isn't a math problem. You think it's a math problem, but it's not. You think it's five divided by five. What's the answer? Five minutes. You guys are so smart. It still took the cat, it still took the cat five minutes by itself to catch a mouse. You guys are too good at this. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Okay, this is the last trivia question. 
who does the book of John refer to? Oh, it's up there now. Yay. Who does the book of John refer to when it says the disciple whom Jesus loved? This is important to know because we're reading the book of John sometimes in the Bible reading plan. Who is it talking about in the book of John when it says the disciple that Jesus loved? I don't think it's talking. Sean is not a valid answer. If he was that old, we would not be married. That'd be weird. You guys are taking too long. This is an easy question. Just pick one. There we go. Pick one. As self-conceited as it sounds, it is John. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Okay. Okay. Yes, but he doesn't say he's the only disciple that Jesus loved. Okay. Okay. Focus in. The next five, five, maybe six questions. There is no right answer. Okay. I want you to be honest. I don't know who answered what. We're not going to know who answered what. This is a poll. Yeah, it's okay, buddy. Um, but there's no right answers for the next couple. I would just want you to be honest, okay? So keep that in mind. This is how much do you agree with this statement? Science and history contradict the Bible. Don't, don't answer what your mom wants you to answer. Don't answer what your friends want you to answer. Answer what you think. Do they contradict? Do they not agree? Do they fight? Are they against one another? There's no right answer. Well, there is, but we're not talking about that right now. All right, let's see. Most of us say disagree. A lot of us say strongly disagree. All right, that's cool. Okay, so let's see. Um, do you, oh, the next one is going to be, do you, the, the Bible accurately records history. What do you think? Like, at the, what the Bible says is legit. It is for real. I don't want to show the results until we're all just about, I think, yeah, we're all done. So I'm going to show the results. Woo, wow. We are agreeing. That's good stuff. Okay, next one. Jesus was a real living person who walked on the earth. What do you think? Was he real? Like, for real? Like, he was really alive? He was really on the earth? Was he, like, a for real person? Oh, no. That sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to show our results. Wow, strongly agree. We are, and then some say strongly disagree. All right, we are divided. I like this. I like the controversy. Okay, Jesus physically died and was brought back to life. Like, for realsies, he was dead, and then later he was alive. Do you agree or disagree? Well, fast, fast, fast. All right, I'm going to go ahead and show the results. Okay, we are mostly strongly agree. A couple agrees, and a couple strongly disagrees. Okay. I like this. I like seeing where everybody's at. Okay. I can know for sure that what the Bible says, and therefore Christianity, is true. How do you feel about it? I like, I like seeing what's going on in the room, what we're, what we're thinking. All right. I'm going to go ahead and show the results. 
Mostly strongly agree, some agree, and a couple strongly disagree. Okay, thank you. You guys have strong opinions. We don't have a lot in the middle. I like that. Okay, the last one. Don't think about it too hard. This isn't quite a poll. This one does have a right answer, but I just want you to not think too hard about it. A man is on the bus and he gives his seat to a blind man that just got on the bus. Was that a good thing to do? Was that a good thing to do? Oh wait, I'm gonna go ahead and show. Oh, the results are, oh, show. Who said no? Who said no? Why? Why is it no? Why was it no? Why was it, why was it bad? I, wow, I can't hear anybody, so I'm just gonna tell you guys, yeah. I heard it a couple times. I heard it a couple times. It was so bad. It was such a bad thing that he did that he lost his job because he was the bus driver. That changes things, right? That changes things. So, yes, okay, okay. Yes, it's funny. And yes, it was kind of a trick question and I feel kind of bad for setting you guys up. However, however, I tell you this for a reason. Okay, I tell you this for a very specific reason that I need you to listen for, is when you get new information, it should change your perspective on things, right? Because we had the, finally the information that he was the bus driver, it's now pretty obvious that, yeah, it was very bad for him to give the blind man his seat. That's not a good thing. Um, so as we continue, I'm gonna give you a lot of information and I wanna see if maybe we can let it change your perspective a little bit. Um, I wanna talk about the four books of the Bible that we will be bouncing between for the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. Um, and so yeah, you're gonna be flipping between them a lot. We're bouncing between them. So they are tellings of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, and his eventual ascension to heaven, right? They all, they all kind of generally tell that story. Those five things are absolutely essential to our faith. Um, it like everything that Christians believe rests on those five things. So if what the Bible says about in those four books is true, that makes some pretty big implications on our life. So I personally do not want to take that for granted um, and just accept what's given to me and just call it good. I want to think about it. I want to ask some questions. I want to dig at it a little bit. Um, so let's, let's ask some questions like, do these guys even know what they're talking about? Like, why are they telling Jesus's story in the first place? Um, am I reading what they actually wrote? Do, how can I, how can I know that they're actually, that's actually what they said? Is it, haven't you ever played telephone? Right, stories change all the time. Um, they could be lying. They could have changed the facts on accident. Maybe they forgot, maybe they changed on purpose. Maybe they added a little in there just because, you know, like, oh, well, we're following this guy. We need to make him look really good. Um, the gospels are all really different. <laughs> if you read them, some people include some stories, some people don't include some stories. Some of the details are pretty different. 
that <laughs> seems a little sketchy. Um, there is, how come there isn't any evidence other than the Bible that this stuff is true? Like, if it was true, it would probably be pretty obvious, and I wouldn't need like a like a religious book to tell me. And I mean, you could probably keep going. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that are really weird about these books, and um, I don't even know why we trust this. This is a really weird book. So. Uh, yeah, just uh, take in that information. Maybe let it change your perspective a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have the worship team come up now, and we're going to close out on that point. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I, I, I know I got Caden. The worship team's not coming back now. I'm not done yet. I have too much more to say. I got some people. I'm not done yet. Okay, so what's, what's wrong with what I just did? What's wrong with what I just did? Okay. I told you to let the information change your perspective. Did I give information? No. I gave questions and observations. I know you all know what the scientific method is. You've been learning it since like fifth grade, and they bring it up again and again every year. And you've probably seen a graphic like this one many, many times. Uh, the one I grew up with also had observations. Um, but let's, let's look at this. I think this is a solid way to think. So. What I did there was I made observations. I definitely observed some things. I asked a lot of questions. Uh, I kind of started coming to a hypothesis that you know maybe this is a, some questionable material, but uh, I skipped some steps. <laughs> I made a hypothesis and I called that a conclusion. And that is not good thinking skills. And I would not call that loving God with my mind to just have an idea come up and go, well, Guess that sucks that the Bible is just not at all true or verifiable at all, and I'm just gonna go with that and not think about it anymore. That's not good thinking skills. That's not loving God with our minds. We, our minds are powerful, we need to use them. So I have been doing some digging and some research for a while now, and I just wanna share with you some of the stuff I learned. This isn't necessarily note stuff. I'm gonna kinda spit it out because I'm kinda running out of time, but that's okay. And so I just want you to kind of absorb it. And for real time, I'm giving you information. I'm giving you facts this time, not just thoughts and ramblings. And so I just want you to, to absorb it and maybe let it change your perspective a little bit. So um, some of the questions I went over, the authors of the gospel. Well, the gospels were written by two, two of them, Matthew and John. Those were two of Jesus' closest followers. The other two were written by people who interviewed Jesus' closest followers. Uh, Mark closely followed Peter, who was like kind of the leader of the disciples. And Luke was actually a, histori a historian by trade, and he carefully interviewed eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, as well as using some other sources that he talks about in the first couple of verses. Um, am I reading what they even wrote? Uh, well, actually, we can be more sure about the accuracy of the gospel than just about any other historical document ever. Um, in Greek alone, we have about 5,000 manuscripts, ranging from like little tiny pieces of paper to like whole New Testaments, um, which is more than any Jewish, Greek, or Roman literature ever. Um, usually historians call them, like consider themselves lucky to have manuscripts in like the double digits let alone 5,000 in one language. Um, and we have earliest copies up to like 125 AD. So that's like one generation after the original writing, which for most other like ancient books, it's gonna be like 
several centuries from the original writing to the oldest copy that we have. Um, did the story get changed over time? Well, first of all, uh, Judaism at the, at, at, in the first century was what we call an oral culture. Everything, most of the information they gained and gave was by mouth. And they had to memorize everything. Some rabbis had the entire Old Testament memorized word for word. Like that's not an easy job. And this doesn't even mention the fact that other people did not have a problem calling you out if you did not tell the story the right way. So it, it, it would get called out. And not to mention how important this information was to them. But, you know, over time, the story probably got changed, you know, after long periods of history, right? Because again, that telephone game, it, it changes over time. But um, though the specifics kind of differ between who you ask, um, everyone agrees that the, um, the Gospels were written within the first century, like the first hundred years after Jesus dying. And so if we compare these two last points with the typical situation for other ancient historical books, like who's heard of Alex the Great? If you haven't, you probably will soon. Yeah, he, everyone kind of knows about him. Um, most historians believe that what we know about his life is pretty true. And those are based off of biographies made in the second century. So think 100 to 200 AD, right? So 100 to 100 years after Jesus died. Alexander the Great died in 300 BC. So we're talking like a 400 year gap between when he died and the earliest biographies we have. And historians are like, yeah, of course that's true. Whereas what we have for the Bible was made within 100 years, which is way smaller. But, you know, the authors of the gospel totally exaggerated, right? Like they totally exaggerated stuff. Um, it makes sense. You would think for someone to embellish things because of like a personal bias, um, but these books are actually really steeped with names, dates, specifics, and again, Christianity is dependent on facts. If it could be proven that Jesus did not live, die, and resurrect, everything we know is worthless. And uh, Paul even says so himself in 1 Corinthians, the same thing. So they had good reasons, including the fact that they were being constantly killed for what they literally witnessed themselves. They had good reason to know what, that their facts were straight. Um, but why, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna skip one here. Uh, I'm gonna go pretty fast here. Um, but okay, so but why are there four? And why are they different? First of all, they're written by four different people from four different perspectives. Um, Matthew emphasizes Jesus being the Messiah, the Christ, the one that was going to save them. Mark emphasizes Jesus as someone who did wonderful ministry, miracles, he was a servant. Luke focused on Jesus being compassionate and humane. Uh, John focuses on convincing the reader that they have to believe and repent and follow Jesus. And even, even if you don't account in how they were trying to write by eyewitness standards, the differences between the Gospels are in all the right places. It's in little details. No one disagrees that Jesus lived, died, and resurrected. They disagree on maybe who was there, who wasn't there, how many people, you know, little, little things that would honestly be suspicious if they were all exactly the same, right? You would think they were copying off each other's tests. Um, and then last, really, really fast, why should I just take the Bible at its word? Why should I just believe the Bible, right? There's no other evidence except that 
There is. You don't have to take the Bible at its word. There are a dozen or so non-Christian writers or texts that confirm a remarkable number of details about the gospel of Jesus' life. Um, You can totally ask me about them later, but I do not have time to get into them right now. Um, Archaeology also supports the Bible. There's a couple of things that the Bible states that used to be thought to be false. So we're like, the Bible's wrong. It's not actually like that. They got it wrong. But way later, archaeologists like went on digs and found out, oh, wait, it actually knew what it was talking about. Like we were wrong the whole time. And again, I would love to talk to you about those later, but I do not have time for that right now. So that's a lot of information. Let's take a deep breath. I probably should have brought water up here because I'm losing my voice. Now, I don't expect you to memorize all that. I don't expect you to even remember it right now. It's probably already out of your head, and that's okay. But I bet you get the general idea of it. Um, So what now? What do we do now that we've kind of heard this information? There's a lot to take in. What do we do? First thing I want you to do, so this is for like the coming week and weeks, especially as you do the 100-day dare, is I want you to love the Lord with your mind, okay? And so that means know why you believe what you believe. Um, Think things all the way through. Don't just take the Instagram graphic or the Twitter post or the random comment somebody throws out and go and let it change your entire perspective from something that may not be factual, something that may not be thought all the way through, something that may be bad thinking. Use the beautiful brain that God gave you um, in a way that glorifies him by using it all the way through, by not stopping short. When questions arise as you read the Bible or you go throughout your day or whatever, think things all the way through by finding answers, by checking facts, by figuring out what bad thinking is. And then for right now, what I want you to do is let all the, like the main idea of the information, change your perspective right now. Maybe for you, you need to soften your heart towards the Bible and realize, oh, maybe I actually can kind of believe what I'm reading and take it to heart and not just criticize it because it's old or it's not relevant to me. Or maybe you already believe the Bible and you need to allow yourself to ask some questions and find some answers instead of just accepting everything at face value. Now, I'm not saying that we can know the answers to everything, but either we believe that what the Bible says is true or we don't. And if we believe that's what it says is true, then any, ans- any questions we ask, the answer is going to point back to the Bible. Um, so don't be scared. Uh, this time I'm actually going to call the worship team up. I told them last time that the first one was fake. Um, um, so like I said, let this information change the way that you see things. Um, and I want, thank you, I personally want to know for sure that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, because I personally have dedicated my life to him and I encourage people to do the same thing. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and stand up, but keep close, listening closely. I'm not quite done yet. Um, now, I know that you guys probably have other questions. You have heard other things. You have other reservations. I know I didn't answer everything and I don't have time to answer everything. I would love to show you some great resources to get your questions answered. Uh, But for now, here's what I want you to do in the coming week. Like I said, read the New Testament. Rest assured that what you're reading is reliable and it is true. But as we stand here right now, like right now in the presence of God, um, I do still want you to know that the Bible is reliable and true, but I don't want you to stop there, okay? 
keep thinking it through. Let's follow that train of thought. Um, Use the mind that God gave you for his glory. If the Bible is true, then that means that there is a God who is holy and just and loving but the way that we live our lives, apart from him, when we, when we love other things before him, when we sin, that offends him. And because of that, we deserve to be punished. And rightfully so, because he is the creator of all good, and we have gone against his good. Uh, but he came, God came and became a man and died a painful, agonizing death of his own free will to make sure that we could be with him and that we could be cleansed, made clean from all the offensive that we brought against him. He forgave our debt. He forgave our sins and all that he asks is that we would love him and we would just accept his free gift. So if you're willing to take him up on that offer, tell him so. If you have already taken him up on that offer, um, tell him so again. And I just, I just want to do that now, whether it's your first time or your thousandth time saying yes to God, just confidently, like for real, right now, all together, just tell him yes. I say, yes, God. Yes, we accept your love. Yes, we accept your gift. Yes, we will follow you. And we, are no, we will know that you are who you say you are. We know and we believe, God, that your word is true and that your promises are good. And as the truth of God just washes over you, just just take it in. Just use that beautiful, wonderful mind that God gave you to think all the way through. If this is true, this has big implications for your life. And just honor that truth and that revelation Um, through worship right now. Just let it be poured out. And this is how we use our minds to love God. So let's all worship together.